Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast with Neil and Paddy again. We're coming to you in game week four, I think it is now. Yeah, no, game week three. Oh, game week yeah. four, but our third game three week is yeah. three for us. Um, and we obviously were playing against Liverpool, the champions uh, of yesteryear or last year are coming to play against uh, the champions elect, I'm going to call us, because uh, until we lose, uh, we're an unbeaten team and, and we have as much of a chance of, of winning the league as anybody else. And uh, we might as well think we're champions. That way, it might actually, we could think it into existence. Um, but Liverpool this weekend, Paddy, formidable uh, opposition. We're going to talk about them later on. Um, but how are you doing, firstly, Paddy? It's a lovely autumnal summer morning here in Galway. What's it like there in Carberley and Limerick? Yeah, it's, it's cold and crisp and sunny. <laughs> Uh, it kind of reminds you of, of a of a Dublin airport scene as you're flying out to a, a game of Villa Park and yeah, a little bit tinged with sadness. Now I can tell you, today, given such a big game this weekend, and I suppose that's that's actually something that that we might touch on because it's mad that you mentioned that, Paddy. Because I woke up this morning and last night I I I actually dreamt of going over to Villa Park and I dreamt of going over and meeting. Like, I've met so many people online on Twitter since doing the podcast and stuff. You included. I didn't know you've met him before the podcast. And, and uh, you know, I've met so many people. And I had I, I had a dream last night that when I went over to Villa Park, I met them. I was meeting up with people to go for a drink and we watched the game and we met for a drink afterwards. And it was great. It was fantastic. And when I woke up this morning, it was kind of bittersweet because when thing, number one, it's always good to wake up in the morning because that means you're alive. <laughs> But the second part of it was, I was going, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that. And for me personally, I know for you, you would have gone over an awful lot last year. But for me personally, when we bought the house, 
I kind of I, I stopped going over to Villa Park because of financial constraints and and I'm now I was now now in a position to say yeah listen I can start going back to Villa Park again so it's about two and a half years since I've gone to Villa Park and when I woke up this morning I was like it's been cruelly wrestled away from me again and I would love to go over and meet all the wonderful people that talk, that chat to me on a, on a on a you know daily basis almost on Twitter and stuff like that and you know it's it's uh yeah it was I did I did my heart kind of did sink this morning as I as I was taking the dog for a walk and I was thinking about it and I said I just love to know if there was an end point to this when we could say yes we're all forty thousand of us are back in Villa Park we're again. back on, on this date where we can all meet together have fun yeah give her a hug and have a buy each other a beer and yeah yeah exactly have that release that we we all crave and that that's the hard part I think this week. I, I I don't know if it's something about Liverpool because you know because so many uh, like I don't know whether our, our UK listeners will get this but Ireland is full of Liverpool and Man United fans so for us this is our our, our big game where we like to have the bragging rights for a couple of weeks after it. and it was always a game for me that that I went to um, even going back to the nineties and you know. Even go, I even went to Anfield. It was the tenth anniversary of of Hillsborough. Jesus, Sean Dundee was playing for Liverpool that day. Yeah, it was a really um, you know a really vivid memories of of Liverpool games in particular, um, beating them at Villa Park when Stan Collymore was sent off, you know, and even up to modern day of of beating them at Wembley in the FA Cup semi final, and ruining Stevie G's birthday party. <laughs> mm, yeah, all of the all of these things. And this week, for some reason, is and it has to be somewhere in the background that, that that's happened, even to the extent that I was flicking through the Villa website during the week and I actually bought the scarf from the Carabao Cup final because it's the last oh. live game I was ever at. And you know, you're kind of thinking to yourself, when will it happen again? Obviously, if you're living within driving distance of Villa Park, you can, you can apply for these tickets that will eventually come available but I can't see anytime soon being able to do that so um it's a it's a strange week I, I that's that's I can tell you that's how I'm feeling about it and to, to go and buy that scarf I don't that's obviously just playing in the back of my mind it was it was on sale and I just said you know what that's a memento I didn't have so I bought it yeah and uh, it's bad that the you know, we, we didn't actually talk about this before, and this is actually just after coming up in conversation on the podcast. And it's, I suppose, it is mad that this, uh, and I'm sure loads of other people are talking about it. And you know, I was talking to Kieran O'Connor and the um, B6 Ben's father there on Twitter, and he was saying that you know that they just want to get back into Villa Park again. That was such a big part of their lives, you know, yeah. and to go to Villa Park with his son. And I know you go with Stephen and stuff like that. And I don't have any kids just yet, but God willing, when I do, I'll be able to take them to Villa Park, and you know, it'll become that 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 pilgrimage that that everybody has. For me, it's it's, it's a case of yeah, love to go watch a win, maybe have. A multiple of ten numbers of points on the on my trip over to Birmingham and and, and see what way it goes. But you know, a lot of families will rely on that for bonding time and for time together. And I know I might be coming across as being maybe a bit sappy about the whole thing or whatever. Um, but it's true, you know, the family aspect of going to matches and stuff like that. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be lost. It's going to come back. It absolutely will. It's human nature. But um, the concerted amount of time that it's going on. Is 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 probably like a silent thing or something that this 
that we we probably don't even know that's happening and it is probably playing on the back of the minds. But um yeah, it's uh it, it it's it's something, yeah, it's mad mad that, that came up because the first point that we had here was actually looking back again, looking backwards, I suppose, into the past as well. And you mentioned a couple of Liverpool games there, and today is actually the anniversary of Danian Atkinson's um goal. The goal. The goal. The goal, yeah. Umbrella yeah. man. Um, <laughs> came out of the field, but uh, no, it was a fantastic goal. And RIP to Dalian Atkinson as well, and 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 hopefully his family gets some some sort of peace and closure over the coming months, mm. you know, in 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 that. But uh, I take it you weren't at that game, Paddy, or were you? Um, I wasn't at that one. No, <laughs> you were at the Wimbledon five nil game, or uh, wasn't it? I was at a seven one game. Seven one game. Sorry, Jesus. Yeah, sorry. yeah. That would have been the year before, I reckon. Uh, I'd say probably yeah. I'd say it was the year after yeah. Daniel Atkinson scored. I'd say that could be ninety four or five to seven. One. Yeah, could, actually, it was um, it was around the time of the uh, the violence at Lansdowne Road. That's yeah. that game sticks in my mind. Um, and it was February because the the Wimbledon fans, the small amount of them, uh, did the conga through the North Stand with no top down. <laughs> I remember we were all wrapped up, you know, as, as a morning, even colder than this morning, all up in jackets and scarves and woolly hats, and they were all with their tops off. So I suppose you have to make the most of a, of a bad situation. And, you know, I don't I don't mean to sound sombre, you know, it's just one of those things, it's kind of like the elephant in the room, everyone's, you know, not talking about it. So, but look, it's 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 changed everything for 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 me, for you, for everybody, but... You know, it's great that like we've we've made new friends, and um, I'm getting to watch the games on a weekly basis with with good friends. You know, in the Munster Lions, you know, going going into our local pub and just having a chat about Villa, and 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 that's our, our new release. You know, to to be able to do that, and still, you know, my son comes with me. You, you met him Monday night there at at uh, mm-hmm. Edigans and Limerick, and you know, it's nice to it's nice to get to know new people in a different way as well. So, hundred percent. We'll, we'll soldier through it. It won't be, it won't be today or tomorrow. But you know, I'm hoping by this time next year we we'll be looking at getting back into a stadium, as in how a stadium should be full, to the pack to the rafters and the whole dance singing. And you know, I think it's just something we have to strive for now and look forward to. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's out of our it's out of our hands. But uh, I suppose maybe recent events and the. "Quote unquote," leader of the free world after succumbing to the virus himself, and and look, no matter, don't want anybody to die of the virus at all. But you know, maybe this might shake up a couple of people who've been, maybe I won't say not taking it as seriously. But uh, look, I won't get into it. It's not a political podcast, and I'm certainly yes. not a political guy myself. But you guys know what I mean. That um, if it can happen to Donald, it can happen to anybody. Considering he's one of the most guarded men in the whole entire planet even though maybe he didn't take the right, right precautions. But look, as I say, that's for somebody else to speak about. I'm not qualified to speak about anything like that. But look, as I say, the quicker that, um, quicker we can get rid of this virus and get back into social interaction, the better, I suppose. Uh, speaking of, 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 of social interaction, I'm going to come to this actually just before I go to the, to the Liverpool discussion, Paddy. And, and I was going to leave this until the end, but I think I'm going to come to it because... Um, maybe it does come on from social interaction, the lack of social interaction, maybe the lack of empathy and stuff like that. But recently, over the last day or so, 
there we've seen the number of Aston Villa players have taken down their Instagram handles, they've taken down their, their Twitter handles and stuff like that. And uh, I want to just bring it up very briefly because I can't help but think that, you know, that I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite and say, oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't give any, any um, abuse to players online. I don't at players. I don't do anything like that. But I can't help but think potentially that I could be complicit when the fact that you do have a, a podcast that goes out to, you know, let's say a thousand listeners and so on like that, that maybe, and you're saying that El Ghazi is uh, headless or that, that I particularly would be frustrated about him at a certain period of time. Mm. You know, I, I suppose maybe maybe I myself should think about the way I speak about players and maybe not go two-footed in them as well. But it can be difficult. But I suppose the biggest thing to take from it for me was that I don't think I've ever in my life added a player on Twitter or anything like that or Instagram to, to basically say to him and to ruin his day to say you're shit and I don't know how you're playing for for Villa. That's not something I would do, but I do definitely want to be a small bit more conscious in in, in future. Um and I will say that it is my it, it's one hundred percent my right to be fickle. There are days I'll turn around and I'll say that they're absolutely brilliant as well. You know, but I yeah. suppose sometimes that you know you do have to realise that uh me personally anyway, I know that I do have to realise that there's times whereby I'm not saying that Amara Gazi or Henry Lansbury listens to the podcast. <laughs> they might. They might. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, I suppose it's, it's, uh, it's something that I just want to be conscious of instead of going, this guy's shit. I hope he never plays for, for Villa again. I might feel that. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's gone, in to put, he's gone out there to put in his best shift ever. And uh, it's his career that we're playing with. And if someone came along to me and said, Sorry. you're shit at, at, at doing your job, at people management, you know, yeah. I would be upset, you know, about that. And I just, yeah, look, it's, it's just something I wanted to bring up in the light of it happening. So well, I think and it, it being a, a, lot of, a lot of people, I don't know about you, but a lot of people message me and say that they enjoy listening to us because we're largely positive, you know, yeah. about Villa and about, about players. Um, I think if we, I think if we came on and said, Oh, everyone was brilliant today. Let's talk about the weather. Nobody's going to listen. So yeah, that's true. You do have to have a little bit of uh, negativity in there, and we don't mean it in a negative. Honesty, I would say, for most more so than negativity. Yeah, yeah it's it's here yeah. the moment honesty, I suppose, because like if we didn't sell any player this year, I wouldn't be disappointed. I think we like I've I've said it a million and one times. We need to, we need to keep a, a squad, and, and Dean Smith came out and said we can't stockpile players, and I understand that, but we need to keep a squad. So like I don't particularly want to see how the guys go. Don't particularly want to see Lansbury go if he can up his game. But if there's better players that come in in their place, that's basically it. And I think that we can afford better players and we can attract better players. And I, well, that's not a negative thing to say. Like I'm not telling like guys yeah. to curl up and fucking die. Like some people might say to him on Twitter, you know. Um, no, there's, there's absolutely no need for talk like that. No. Part of part of it being so vehement at the moment could possibly be what we just spoke about. That you know people go to Villa Park and, and they let all these shouts and roars. This is it. And they have that release. That release is now their their whatever many characters is on Twitter these days. <laughs> you know, hundred and forty, whatever it is. Yeah. So they they release that that way. You know, when they've had a few drinks after a game, which is totally wrong. Like, mm. wrong. And you know, this it all comes back to education. You know, I'm sure. I'm not saying I haven't done it. I've probably added somebody at some stage since Twitter began. Mm. Probably Robbie Savage or someone like that, but uh, he's okay. He's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 just you know, you, here's the moment you do it, but just you yeah. know, 
think think about it. As as I say to my fifteen year old son, if you wouldn't like your granny to read it, don't put it on bloody mm. Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Um, and you know, people learn from their mistakes too. But you know, it is kind of worrying when you see um, players, you know, deleting their accounts because they're obviously being absolutely barraged with abuse and, and it's wrong, it's wrong at so many levels. Like if we're on here, it's we're generally talking about um how the performance has been in that game or in general over the last few games when we're talking about players. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I personally gave Trezeguet a hard time for long periods of last season. And now I would actually be very disappointed if Trezeguet left because he's coming into his own. So you know it's it swings and roundabouts but we're not we're not here to abuse people. We're here to just, you know, yeah. speak our mind and talk about how, how Villa are doing and whatever. And, you know, I hope people don't think that we're being hypocritical here. But that's Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually a good point there, Paddy, as well. Is like, uh, I, don't, I, I, I know that both of us don't want this to come across preachy. I think what we're doing is we're both kind of discussing it with each other about, you know, what our, I suppose, what way we want to kind of portray our, our frustrations. Like, you know, do we... Like I don't think I'm going to take to Twitter and do that, and and I think that's okay to say that. But you know, as you mentioned, you hit a good, very good point there that it's it's probably the 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 one way that people get their frustration out. Whereas before you could roar it uh, in and in the stadium, and you got it off your chest, and that's a really important thing to do is get you get it off your chest. But I just yeah. I don't know what, where is the right way and the wrong way to do it. You know, I suppose, and as I say, we're not kind of preaching to to people telling you what to do. I think the two of us are. But having kind of a discussion about what way we want to what to kind of do it ourselves, um, considering uh, the fact that we, you know, we do have a podcast and we want to kind of make it a way that both of us are comfortable about. This is this is almost like a pre-production meeting that we're having live <laughs> on air, uh, right here before. <laughs> yeah, and, but, and you know what? Sometimes that's the best way to do it because yeah, you know, we're being totally honest with our with ourselves and with with the guys who are listening to us. That, yeah. And it's all recorded. We're on record, no petty, so we can't go back in it. Uh, <laughs> although I did say my, it's my right to be fickle as a Villa fan. Um, <laughs> but uh, you mentioned a good thing there. Actually, that is a good one. Um, you mentioned that you would, if, would you put something on Twitter that you wouldn't want your granny to read? I've always been brought up with, um, uh, with but sorry, I won't say I've always been brought up in, in my day job uh, with managing people and stuff like that. I've always been told, don't put anything in writing that you wouldn't like to, be, you wouldn't like to hear read out in court to you. Um, so that yeah. always that always rings a bell with me too. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. There's some things on Twitter actually I definitely wouldn't like read back to me in court. Um, but uh, they haven't been abusive. They've been more. <laughs> they'd be more just stupidly stupid sounding things I've put on Twitter worse than anything abusive. Um. But that brings us on, I suppose. Yeah, we 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 can't draw a line under that. I think it's it's good to kind of have the open discussion on it and uh, kind of see where we come down on it because it's uh you know it's it's kind of understandable in one way that people need to get the frustration after uh, after chess. It's just uh, I don't know how people would do it in the, in the consequence in the context of now. Um, you know when people don't have that initial uh, venting session, forty-two thousand people yeah. saying it all at the same time and getting it off their chest. I, I don't know, but you know, at the end of the day, footballers are people too, and and and, and we got to find the common or the medium or the the, the the proper, I suppose, medium of doing it. And and I don't have the answers to that, I suppose, for everybody. But I think for myself, I'm going to be a bit more mindful of it in the future. But 
brings us to Liverpool at the weekend. And uh, obviously we have, uh, as I mentioned, we're playing the champions, playing the, the most successful club in ever in the UK. Um, debatably. Well, I don't think it's debatably. I think when you look at Cups, that they absolutely are. Um, yeah. Some might say that they're probably the third best team in, in, uh, in Europe at the moment. Maybe the second best team. I'm not too sure. Maybe after Bayern Munich, uh, it's 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 going to be a tough one. Look, it's going yeah. to be a tough one. They've got they have a togetherness that I think that we we strive for. I think you know what actually. I think that their togetherness is something that big clubs, not I'm not saying we're not a big club, but big clubs I think can't buy. And that's that that isn't just a kind of a trope or an often used phrase. They can't buy it. Man City cannot buy that team's togetherness. They can't mm-hmm. buy what Klopp has done to gel that team together. PSG, they can't buy in that work ethic, that togetherness, that yeah. that click of the team. Um, Juventus can't buy it in. Team, just teams high up and low down on, on the, the stratosphere of European football. You see Barcelona, a bit of meltdown at the moment. They probably had this kind of buy-in. Uh, when uh, Riker and Guardiola were there, when players were younger, they'd all come up through Lamiesa together and everything like that. But this is a new phenomenon that Klopp has. Klopp had it at, at, at Dortmund as well. He had this indeterminable, intangible charisma and gravitas about him that got people together. And that is unpurchasable even in this world of financial fair play. And you see it, the graphics that come up nearly every single Liverpool game about their net spend over the last three years and so on. And you just see it. And, and, and I think that's something that we as a team are actually really striving for, more so than getting in uh, massive talent on the field. I think we're striving for right people, right place, click moments, and, and getting, getting a group together that love each other. And you know what? I think I, I think we're we're getting there slowly but surely. I think we do have a core group of those. That that's just something that popped into my mind there as well. But yeah. we are going to be playing against that Liverpool team, and 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 a lot of my conversations around around that Liverpool team frame are framed by that togetherness. But what do you think the biggest um, I suppose the big the, the biggest reason for Liverpool's turnaround in the last twelve months or so is Paddy, uh, as we you know they were all conquering last year, they were unstoppable. And do you think that they can bring it into this coming year? Um, I I'll, I'll admit it and say at the start of the season I didn't think so. Um, I thought it would be hard to do it back to back, but having watched both themselves and Man City at this stage, I think they probably will go on and win it again this year. Um, as you say, the togetherness there seems to be a huge thing, and you know we're we're not too far behind on that togetherness. I know we've spoken about it before. It's quite obvious that. There's great camaraderie within within our bunch of players, and I think I think Klopp just has the right mix there. Um, obviously, I believe we have the right mix, but I think the talent, the golfing talent, is probably just you know way too much. But you know, I, I do believe that when you get the right mix, it can it can it can really spur you on, even even when the chips are down. You know, even you think back to the the time they came back and beat Barcelona. Um, you know, mm. half of that was got to do with heart, and half got to do with ability. Um, you know, they're they're a really good side. Um, you know, they've probably got, in my opinion, the two, the two best 
attacking fullbacks in the world. And it's strange to say that, you know, one of them is English and Scottish, considering the, the, the talent that is available. Um, I'm sure people will throw other alternatives in my direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think that's what makes them that little bit better. They just, they just offer something else that, that, that uh, you know, nobody else has. And then, you know, to, if, if you're pressuring them, if you're behind, they'll catch you on the break and they'll go and score a couple of goals and kill the game off as, as we've seen many times over the last few years um, and you know their, their strike force is second to none albeit you know the the scary news that you know the Mane now tested positive yeah. for 19 and the rest of the players have to have an emergency test today so you know they've they've got two players in their squad with COVID-19 so it is, it is a little bit worrying at this stage and you know there, there's part of me says you know, let football t- take second place here and maybe postpone the game. That would be obviously last resort, but hopefully the technology and the, the timing that they can turn around a test now, that they can test everybody today and, and hopefully everybody will be safe tomorrow. Yeah, that's, I suppose that is the big news. Like we're not going to see, see Thiago, we're not going to see Mane. Mane has tormented us year in, year out, Um, you know, for Liverpool. He was the reason we lost both games last year. You know yeah. that he was he was the catalyst for for both of the for the comeback for the two one and and he was the catalyst for for breaking a stone in in the first in the second game as well. So I think that Dean Smith is going to be not happy that he's got coronavirus because uh, uh, that's once again that speaks for itself. There's an obvious reason that he wouldn't be happy for that, but to not see him in the lineup. But then again, Liverpool have just gone out and spent thirty five billion on Diego Jota as well. So. You know, the rich get richer. Well, in that the replacement aspect. the replacement is there anyway. So there's yeah. a... I think it would be like like for me, I think that yeah, yes, look, the replacement is gonna be there. Will the fluidity of that line be be as intact? I don't know. But then again, Diego Jata has come in and I think he's definitely scored one goal, if not two goals, since he's came into that team. So he's uh, he's definitely not <laughs> missed the trick and he's enjoying the new flu the the freedom, I suppose, that, that team offers him as well. For me, I think uh, not not seeing Thiago in there is is good as well because um, I don't want to see our midfield uh, chasing shadows for the whole game. Um, we've gotten a foothold in games in nearly every game that we've played this year. Obviously, we've played against lower league opposition in the cup. We played against ten men for against Sheffield United, and we played against a pretty lackluster uh, Fulham team who actually I think have more possession than us uh, for most of the game uh, against Fulham. But I don't want to see us chasing shadows against Liverpool. Uh, obviously, it's inevitable we will do it at some stage. But I think with Thiago in there, it would have allowed them to be a bit more metronomic. And I use that word an awful lot, but he keeps things ticking over um, inside there. He's, he's, a, he's a damn good player. And the yeah. fact that they would spend that money on someone of his age is it's not really a Jurgen Klopp thing to do. But he is that that piece to, for European football and, and, and to keep things moving over. And, and good teams, can, winning teams can do that. They can bring in a 29-year-old to complement the style of play. Now, if he play, if he was, like, without him playing, I still think there's one very uh, unbelievably pivotal piece in that team that we need to attack. And we need to, um, I suppose, if you can show a bit of weakness in Fabinho, and I don't know how you do it. I, I don't have the answer on how to do it. And I think yeah. maybe Ross Barkley might be played as a 10 
in in this game or play a bit more a bit further forward. And John McGinn might be uh, played a bit play back a small bit more. But I think if we get into Fabinho, maybe stop him from from receiving the ball and um, play the ball at him so that he can't retreat back in between Gomez and and Van Dijk and be that extra cushion for them for crosses and stuff. If we attack at him. Um, it might might force the two centre halves to come out a bit more. Obviously, you mentioned that their two full backs will bow, will bomb on and attack. So if yes. what we if we can move out their centre halves again, you see where Leeds got at um, at Liverpool. There was a lot of long balls. There was a lot of playing against that high line. And if we can make that line even higher by attacking against Fabinho and maybe delayed runs in behind them, uh, we might get some we might get some some luck. Uh, mm-hmm. against this team but it's really going to be a who scores more goals and look Jesus that sounds like the most stupid comment anyone's ever made but you're not going to be able to defend a nil all against this team uh, no. you're going to have to Kevin Keegan him and, and score more goals than the other team and yeah. uh, I'm still not I, I still don't know how to do it and obviously Premier League managers getting paid millions a year don't know how to do it otherwise they would have been dethroned at some stage last year but it's going to be a really interesting battle. I think we've got. I think we're in a better place. I think the players that we have, and I do fully expect Ross Barkley to play. Um, whether it's, I expect him to play probably to start. To be honest with you, um, at the weekend. But it's yeah, it's it's going it's going to be a slog, and and I really have no idea what way it's going to go at all. Well, I I have a different slant on it. I don't I don't think Barkley will start. Um, I think. Dean Smith, from you know, if you look back through what he's done throughout the years, if if a team goes and gets a great result or, or is on a winning run, he doesn't change it. So I think we could see Ross Barkley on the bench. That that's just my opinion. Um, I don't think we'll see Traore either. I think Trezeguet will be given mm. opportunity to prove that you know he's the player that he has been for the for the last few weeks for sure. Um. With regards to you know the helter skelter that Leeds went for, I don't. I think we'd be a lot more conservative in our play. I don't think there'll be the the you know the high the high pressing and and uh, you know absolute. <laughs> it was it was carnage for the first forty five minutes. Like the yeah. teams going at each other. Um, <clears throat> I can't see us doing that. I think we we'll, we we'll let the ball let them have the ball early on. Let them have it in their own half. And um, <clears throat> maybe try and get something on the break, but it—it's one of those games where you're you're going in more in hope than expectation. I know last week I called it a free hit, and uh, Dean Smith apparently during the week said he doesn't like people calling it a free hit. But he's talking you know, about you. He's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know it, it, and no matter what, what, like he says, they're going out to win every game, and. The, that, that's the kind of stuff you want to hear from a manager. You know, me calling it a free hit is just all those years of hurt. That's expecting it, you know, to be a defeat, you know, and that's part and parcel of, of being a Villa fan, um, you know, since since the 90s and, and, and the period at, at the end of the noughties, we, we just haven't been that kind of team that's, that you, you go out and you think, oh, we're going to have a hop off Liverpool today. So, um, hopefully those days are back again. Um, you know he can be true to his word, and we'll have a good go off him tomorrow. Um, it remains to be seen how we get at them. But you know, if Leeds can go and score against, score three goals against them, there's no reason why we can't go and have belief in ourselves. Yeah, uh, it's 
my biggest worry about this whole game is that uh, we're coming into this game on the back of wins against Sheffield United of 10 men and, and, and a very abject Fulham team and, and it's not my job like as I say I'm, I'm super optimistic I think we can come away from this game with a draw I'd love it if we can come away with a win I certainly don't see us coming away with our pants pulled down in this game Um. But uh, it'll it'll be the, like it will be the the barometer. It will be. I don't see it as you said uh, as a free hit. I see it as a litmus test about where we actually are. And when I look down through through both teams, I kind of look at it and I say we are in a pretty good spot in comparison to last year when we played them twice. And all we've done really, when you look at the team that's there, is add a more mobile striker, a goalkeeper, and a right back, which was questionable whether we even needed a right back. Uh, mm. But they've been pivotal additions to shore up the the the, the I suppose the, the the obvious plus points of this team, which is attacking down the left hand side and our two centre halves. So I'm much more confident in our two centre halves this year. I know the, the to play against Liverpool, both of them are energetic. Both of our centre halves are, are athletic. They're both uh, very mobile, and I think that they can get around there. And I think Maddie Cash can get around. And I think now that Douglas Louise is in there as well. I'm less daunted by the frontal movement of of this uh, Liverpool team, and you know, even bringing in Diego Jata in there as well, it'll be he's very much. Well, I won't say he's a like for like, because Sadio Mane, you know, in, in a lot of people's mind, is up there in the top five player in the world at the moment. Mm. But Diego Jata is still a very very able player, and gosh, I'd love him in our team. Um, I think we can match up better against them this time. I think uh, I'm. I would be. I would be putting money on. Uh, Villa, Villa win or draw, you know, that double chance market. Um, I think that we have a good chance of drawing this game. Um, I think we have a slim chance of winning it, but I certainly don't see us getting absolutely eviscerated in this game. Uh, and for me, that's good progress because uh, I think we'll come out of this with a lot of kudos regardless. And I think we'll come out with a, with a, with a decent result. I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I am too. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like I know jo- Jordan Henderson, who has been, you know, very vital to the team. Is he still? He's still not a hundred percent either, so he might not play. So they are a little bit um, depleted. So if there were, if there was such a thing as a good time to go at them, maybe that's that's now. Um, I don't think Milner is uh, fully fit either. So that's that's for decent players taken out of if we took four decent players out of our team we'd be in trouble so <clears throat> fingers crossed that uh, that that can that can help us um, because obviously Milner may replace Henderson who would have replaced uh, Thiago Alcantara as well so mm-hmm. um, they're going to have that bit of problem in midfield but you know the, the, I, t- I, I think Milner so, might have played so many replacements that. there yeah, I, th- I think Miller might have played against Arsenal during the week, but uh, I imagine they just bring in Naby Keita, another fifty million pound player, in and around yeah. that. You know, good player in his right, in his own right. Um, they actually, you know what? At, during the week, I, I look back at at, uh, at highlights of their game against Arsenal, and they did play a hodgepodge side, much like ourselves. But Marco Gruich anchored that midfield, and I don't want to put my hands up and say that I was right. Because it's only a small sample set, but Jesus, the performance he gave in that anchoring midfield, midfield role is exactly what I want 
to come in. And I know we're probably not going to sign another midfielder, but I he was one of the players that I I, I looked at. He, he was playing with um, Hertha Berlin last year as well for the last two years, and his game has really come on. He's highly thought of, and I would have loved him at Aston Villa. And I know we were linked to him for about eight or eight or ten million, and. Yeah. Uh, I'd still like to bring him in. Uh, you can never have too many quality midfielders, and, and, and he gave a good account of himself against Arsenal um, in that game as well. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I really hope that uh, you know that. Or I hope I don't. I hope that Villa bring in somebody like him at some stage to cover for Douglas Luiz. But I, I probably won't get to see it in this window. But yeah, it was just uh, it was just good to bring that up about Marco Gruich because he has been a man that Liverpool fans kind of have forgotten about since he was with, yeah. with Hertha Berlin. Um, if I was to tie you to a result, Paddy, what would you say? Um, I'm going to go for a nil all draw. Oh. <laughs> I, I think I spent a good portion of the, of the opening part of this saying that we will definitely concede goals and we will score goals against them. Okay. I, I, that's, it, I, I reckon it's going to be low scoring, which means it's probably going to be 5-4. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like, like history would dictate that it would be 2-1 to Liverpool and, and that's probably the smart bet to put on something along those mm-hmm. lines that, uh, that, those lines. but I'm going to go with a one-all draw I think both teams are going to score I think we will I think we have the capability to go ultra defensive a lot better this year if we need to um, mm-hmm. I know we haven't seen it yet but I, do, I think we have that capability we saw it against um, we, we saw it against Chelsea last year which was pretty good and, and, and the five sub rule killed us in that game um, yeah. But uh, that isn't there anymore. Uh, so you know, I think that we we uh, we have the opportunity to go there if we need to. Uh, but I think we will take this game to Liverpool. I think we'll think that we will have periods of time where we get over the top. And I think sad and all or crazy and all as it sounds, I think Van Dijk and, and Gomez might suit and Ali Watkins and the high line that they play with might suit Ali Watkins to get in get in at them or to get behind the two fullbacks out in the wide position that Ali Watkins is very used to playing in. And uh hopefully we see we see a goal from him um you know to open up his Premier League account. But yeah, yeah it's 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 good. It's not a it's a prime time game Sunday after Sunday night. Uh you know it's it's prime time game. It'd be a good time to show what we're made of, show the the, the changes that Dean Smith has made. And as you mentioned, if Ross Barkley and Troy don't start and they're on the bench, well, there are two options we didn't have last year in any of these games to exactly. bring on. And, yeah. and they're two bloody good options as well. So, so there is a lot of optimism going into this game. And by no means uh, are we uh, a dead cert to, to, to lose this game. I think we should, we should be able to put it up to Liverpool. And look, it's a battle of the undefeated teams. As I say, we're undefeated until we're defeated. And uh, that's my thought <laughs> process is that uh, we come out of this game without losing again. And, uh, and it would be a real feather in our caps. I think so. I th- I, and, you know, we're overdue uh, a big win as well. So uh, hopefully <laughs> tomorrow will be it. Um, it'll be... Yeah, it'll be tight. I reckon it'll be tight for an hour and then... It'll start to open up and start to be, uh, you know, the, this the bit of tiredness in the legs. It'll start to open up, um, and hopefully we, we we can, you know, if if we win, <laughs> I will be absolutely over the moon. Oh, yeah, uh, it's just uh, the Arsenal was probably the, the only top six team we've beaten. It was, yeah. Recent times, yeah. if 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 you call, do you call them a top six? Did they finish? <laughs> they did in the end, didn't they? Did. Six at the time. Uh, you've done dark in the UEFA Cup. <laughs> yeah. So, 
to um, lock in AC, uh, to draw AC Milan as well. I think there's some rapid, tough group there, I think. Um, uh, not AC Milan, no. AC Milan got Celtic. They, that's the other one. I knew I had something to bring up about AC Milan when I was talking <laughs> to you. Um, <laughs> which I um, don't... Arsenal, uh, Arsenal were the only top 16 that we beat, yeah. Yeah, so... You know, we're due, we're due another big performance against a top six team, and I, I really hope tomorrow is it. Mm. Um, I won't be uh, I won't be over celebrating if we go one nil up. The 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 ghosts of last year's home game will be haunting me for a very long time. Yeah, in the position we were in with uh, going into injury time, it's, it was absolutely heartbreaking. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that you know when we look back on this game that it'll be a, a positive. If, if I think a draw would be a positive, and I think as much as Dean Smith wants to go and win the game, I think he snap your hand off for it now. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think like at, at this time of the year, keep the feel good factor going, and, and a draw would certainly do that as well. As you say, yeah. we're all hoping for a win. I I think the team is well capable of winning, but uh, you know, a draw I think is probably a, a good setup for Aston Villa for, for for this game, especially against the champions, the all conquering champions of last year. Um. Good stuff. Thanks very much, Paddy. Uh, as I said, we got through a bit of bit of everything in that. We did a bit of uh, <laughs> we did a bit of self counselling, a bit of reminiscing, a bit of uh, discussing, a bit of, a bit of psychotherapy, discussing my dreams and everything. We did a lot on that, <laughs> on that podcast, and uh, yeah, we we managed to talk a small bit about football as well, which was good. Um, but yeah, as I said, thanks to everybody for for all the kind words over the last week or two, or should I say since last August when we when we set up the podcast it's been uh, it's amazing to hear from everybody and, and and you know as I said at the start there will be days we will get back to Villa Park and I'll be able to meet people in 3D as I call it I'll be able to meet them shake hands do the fist bumps do the elbow bumps even if we're still doing that I'll take that as long as we're able to get into into confines with people again and actually get to meet these people physically and uh, you know thank them face to face for everything that they've uh, all the kind words and everything that they've done for for uh, for the podcast as well um, but you can follow Paddy on at Villa Paddy you can follow the podcast here on at Mac for the love of thanks everybody as I say for listening it's going to be uh, a good weekend we get to sit back and watch all the football before Sunday night and we're once again on primetime TV against the champions of last year and I, I have no doubt that this team are going to come to the moment and going to bring their A game and we're going to see a, a nice performance against Liverpool and with that in mind everybody all that's left to say is up the villa up the villa sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.